Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. Here we are for our 94th episode. Can you believe it, guys? It's been it's been quite the ride, but you know, we got K Sam here with us on our Instagram live stream. Uh, we want to thank everybody else that's also going to be tuning in on our Facebook Live. But, you know, real quick, I'm just so happy to be here. Um, it never ceases to amaze me just the amount of support that I've been getting on this show and, and just, just to continue to keep striving forward. I think I had one of my friends the other day that had made, like, a comment saying that, you know, there, there's been some TV shows that haven't went as long as you have as far as episodes have gone. And, you know, I take that to heart. And even though they might have been saying it in a joking manner, you know, I, I, I truly believe that, you know, we have much, much more to do. You know, shout out to Chris Strike Tyson, who had a great episode. His episode, if you didn't get a chance to check it out, already eclipsed over 100 downloads in, in, in about a week. So, you know, big shout out to his episode that we had. Uh, shout out to Reese Smith, who's also watching in. But, um, you know, it's been, like I said, uh, it's in reflection, you know, to see where, you know, at first, you know, I was so scared to just even start this show. And, you know, for a while, my family had been telling me that it was something that I needed to do. You know, friends had, had pushed me for so long to, you know, continue and, and to try and make something of this. But, you know, I think for the longest time, like I said uh, in, in past episodes, is that, like, I was just so afraid to fail. And realistically, when I look back on it, you know, and, and into these coming up episodes and, and moving past and beyond, you know, I've kind of taken this, you know, nothing to lose mentality. And that's what's been able me to, to jumpstart this podcast. And, and, and like I said, stream over what now is 11,000 downloads and over X amount of different countries. And, you know, it's that support from you all here continuously each and every week that pushes me forward to continue to build and, you know, from reflecting upon all this, you know, next week we're going to be coming up on our two year anniversary, um, you know, to be able to be in a, you know, established for now two years um, next week, you know, it's been, it's been quite the journey, man. And, you know, it's one thing to, to accomplish those things, but it's another to then think about, you know, what's next or what's on the horizon or, you know, what, what, what's my goals for this show. And when I put it down on the agenda, you know, I wanted to be very clear that whatever I say, you know, you all have full capabilities of holding me accountable for, whether you're Jeff, whether you're Stephanie, whether you're my dad, whether you're, uh, you know, Strike Tyson, you know, any of the things that I say, you know, I, I do plan on doing and, you know, you can hold me accountable for that. But, um, you know, one of the goals that I really want to do uh, with this podcast is I want to continue to stay creative with our merchandise. Um, you know, like I said, we had just sold out of the OG 6.2 hoodie in less than two days. And, you know, I feel like Kamara Uzman because I think it's time that, you know, people start putting some respect on my name and this brand. Um, you know, for us to have now, I think it's like 12 or 13 consecutive sellouts. Um, that just goes to show you that, um, you know, we could be one of those people that try and, uh, you know, make it big and get 100 or 200 different hoodies and 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 200 different kinds of the shirts but you know i i myself pride myself on the fact of you know having loyal listeners and rewarding those loyal people with the releases that we've had and you know just to see the the response 
on these hoodies, guys. Look at this. You know, I was so scared, man, right? Like, because before I had had such success with the OG, uh, I think it's the OG6, the original OG6, which had a circle design on it and a black hoodie. But, you know, I told myself um, I really wanted to try a gray hoodie, and I, I was a little worried because I know that people like their black hoodies, but, again, I had that mentality of I had nothing to lose. I mean, we've had how many consecutive uh, sellouts? So, you know, I wanted to test myself and, and, and do something different with these hoodies, and the response has been, has been amazing, you know, um, to sell out. I can't tell you, um, every time that I have a release, you know, there's always a little bit of nervousness. And, you know, my friends and family they always tell me, oh, what are you worried about? You know you're going to sell out. But, you know, it's a certain level of, um, you know, confidence in yourself and what you believe in to, to truly push a sellout. And I think that, um, you know, at first I felt as though um, it wasn't easy. And it's still never as easy, even though we might sell out in like two days or a day and a half, you know, it's never easy. I think the main thing is just trying to, to, to keep yourself hungry, uh, keep trying to, to, to build on the things that I like and that I want to see, um, and, and just give people a reason to, to proudly wear that merchandise. Um, I can't tell you enough uh, the amount of people that tell me that people come up to them and ask about the show and just how good they feel when they're rocking the merch and you know, that's the type of people that I want to wear my shirts. I don't want to go so big as to you have people that just rock the shirt that don't even know what it means. I feel like when you're a person and a true loyal fan and listener of the Talk That Talk show and any piece of merchandise that you get from me it, it is a part of me. So, you know, anybody that's supported here on these OG 6.2s, uh, for the gray hoodies. I want to thank you so much because, you know, you were a part of one of the big sellouts here. And, you know, like I said, another big thing beyond just staying creative and, and building on the merchandise is I want to, you know, in year three, I want to try and get some more sponsors here on the show and, and broaden our, our guest base. Um, I think that, you know, I've really tried to challenge myself as far as getting different people to come here on this show and give you guys a different variety of uh, viewpoints and, and just backgrounds. I think that one of the things that why I value living in Edison so, so much is just the amount of diversity that we've had, you know? And um, I think when you're able to, to access that, that diversity, you know, it enables you to, to clear your lens to be able to see so much else that's out there and, and to, to broaden that perspective. And I feel like with this platform on the show, you know, it, it's continuously something that I value and something that can continuously be challenged. You know, um, I want to continue to have great guests here on the show, you know, more different people and um, hopefully bring back some other guests that, that have been here and, and that might want to have a chance at it again. And I really want to kill this 100th episode party. Um, I think that, you know, to, to have a live audience and um, to, to show that this show has value and has people that do want to see it. You know, I think that that can open the door for some other live um, live audience shows at some other locations. And, uh, you know, 100th episode is a big step for us. So, you know, look forward to that April 9th. Put that on your calendar. We're going to be doing uh, the episode live on the lanes. We're going to have all the people that were on in this past 100 episodes and, uh, you know, get, get a little check-in with them. And, you know, we're going to have some fun afterwards and roll a couple games of bowling if you want to stay around after. So, you know, this, this is going to be a lot of fun. 
And, you know, those are some of the things that I have on the horizon for uh, on the horizon, on the horizon for this show um, in year three. But, you know, everybody else knows beyond just this show. You know, I've been a, a very avid or very uh, meticulous bowler. And um, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to and Strike Tyson even said uh, on the last show was that we got a big brawl match coming up on Sunday. And uh, everybody knows that I transferred, uh, you know, I was a free agent and transferred teams from about that money over to uh, DIY. And, you know, really, I just wanted a chance to compete. You know, I felt as though um, I had a lot to give. And you know, I think that DIY is going to give me the best chance to put that out there. And, um, you know, I made a lineup for the first time in this uh, UBA season. And, you know, I'll be representing DIY for the first time. And I, and I can't wait. You know, shout out to Chris Shank Jr. He said, DIY, baby, I can't wait. Uh, Strike Tyson always says he's uh, can't wait to support and be out there. So, um, you know, I'm, it's something that I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, I think that uh, one of the things that put me on the pathway towards a positive mentality, you know, coming into that was a big match that I had on Tuesday with my brother. Uh, shout out to Rob uh, for coming and watching again. Um, Rob Brantley's been one of my big, big supporters and, uh, you know, somebody that's been almost like a training partner. And, uh, you know, we've, we've, been, we've really grown through this DIY experience. And, you know, I can't tell you guys enough just how important it is to, you know, find a UA, UBA team that you like if you're, you know, that competitive. And, and, and just how important it is to have teammates that you really care about and uh, that can push you to be better. And, you know, Rob has been that for me, you know, in this season. But uh, he actually came out to see us on Tuesday. And, you know, me and my brother had a tough matchup going up against a, a guy named Joe Krakovich and Dave Merrill. And, uh, you know, me and my brother had talked about it beforehand and we knew what we had to do coming into it. And we had come from... Um, you know, in a season where, you know, we were as high as, you know, fourth and fifth place. And, you know, we got some of uh, our opponents' best games. And I think in those times where we had those best games put up against us, uh, you know, we left a lot of cheese on the table. We always say that, uh, you know, if we uh, don't exactly put our best foot forward. But um, I felt as though on Tuesday was a big opportunity for us to, again, put some respect on our name and, you um, you know, we came out there, and, and, and my brother absolutely shot the lights out. I only missed two shots all night. And, you know, I think that, you know, coming into it, you know, you have guys like them who uh, who feel like that they could just walk out the door and, and just get a win. And, you know, the guy Joe, you know, he's a great bowler, but the guy's complaining. He's saying, oh, I shot 237 and lost. And that's what I told my brother that I wanted all along. I wanted their best, you know, effort, and I wanted – uh, you know, I wanted them to put out their best foot forward and, you know, we were able to put our best foot forward and we came out with a win 10 to six and, you know, to bring it on the grand scope of things, you know, we came into that with a, a nothing to lose mentality, man. Uh, you know, everybody expected the other team to win. They expected to just come out and, 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 and just beat us. But we, we came out there and put our best foot forward and, and we proved to not only to them, but we proved to ourselves that 
you know, one of the things that Chris Strike Tyson said that I really took to heart was that, you know, in this game of bowling, you know, the only person that can beat you is yourself. There's nobody guarding you. There's nobody out there playing defense on you. There's nobody in your face. You know, it's you against the pins and you know it's really a, a strong mental game and, and it was almost so influential for him to come on that show beforehand to say that because I had that mentality coming in you know I had nothing to lose and me and my brother had had that same mentality and we came out there and we took it to him man and uh you know I think that you know moving forward that that's just that's just the, the mentality that we're going to keep having you know not just in this season but moving beyond forward man um you know, you have nothing to lose out there. You know, all we got is to just put our best foot forward and, and, and live with the outcomes, man. And I feel as though, like, you know, that, that Tuesday was a big win for us, and that's why I'm just so excited on Thursday to put my best foot forward because, you know, for some people they don't know and don't know the type of bowler that I am. And, you know, I got nothing to lose out there but, but everything to gain, and I just can't wait to go out there. And it's just that, that type of competition or, or it's that – uh you know, that, that doggy dog mentality that continues to have me come back. And, uh, you know, when you apply that to so many different facets of the life, uh, it's just so easy to see where, you know, you can try and get that competition and get that competitiveness to build positivity, man. And, uh, you know, I feel as though, you know, throughout this pandemic and throughout all the things that I've had to deal with, with like losing my job and, uh, you know, just the various changes that I've had within my life, uh, bowling has been something that I've really been able to, to lean on and and it's those types of things that uh, that really help you to get through and, and, you, and, and you never know when you need them but um, you know to be able to see continuous growth in the game to get you know tangible results and and to, to make you know incredible connections with people you know I, I do it all over again and, and I really I really love the game of bowling for that man. But, um, you know, another thing that happened to me over this week that I was really happy about and, you know, was huge for me was the fact that my boy Admiral had hit me up. Shout out to Admiral. Um, if you get a chance, check out our episode. Um, I think we had it was like back in like the, the, the either the 70s or the 80s episode. Um, but he had he had a great episode where he recorded with me. We were actually down in Ocean City, Maryland. But um, he had actually reached out to me over the phone. And he called me up. He was like, yo, Barry, what's up, man? I think I had just woke up, crust in my eye and everything. I'm like, yo, what's up, Admiral? It's like 8.30. Like, what's good, man? And he was just like so, um, he was so directed. Like, he, he, you could tell he had planned this out. But he's like, yo, Barry, like, I, I don't know what you're doing, man. But I saw that the temperature was about like 60 degrees. And uh, it, it, it's supposed to be a really nice time. And we should go golfing. I'm like, Admiral, there's still snow out there, man. But he was like, yo, we could uh, go to my, my parents' beach house. And, um, you know, I, I was just, like, ecstatic to have that opportunity to just go and, and just go somewhere that wasn't home, man. So right after bowling, right after we just beat Joe Krakovich and, uh, and, and Dave Merrill, uh, we hopped in a car and drove three hours down to Delaware and uh, – it, it was a good it was a good experience because we were still riding the high of, of picking up a big time win and you know we had an early nine o'clock tea time over at River Run shout out to River Run uh, but um, you know golfing and, and not just golfing but I think that one of the things that that trip had pr proven to me was just 
the overall value of friendship, man. Um, you know, I have my family members and you know, I have people that I see, you know, on a regular basis, but you know, it, it means something to have, you know, that friend out there that, uh, you know, you can rely on and count on and that you can, you know, experience new things and go explore with. Um, I think that again, in a pandemic time where, you know, our contact or the, uh, networking or whatever you want to call it is very limited you know it's just so important to to really lean on those friends that uh you can see and that you are able to to have contact with and obviously safely as well too but um you know i really have valued the fact that you know admirals you know lived a little bit closer and we've been able to spend a little bit more time together um but you know when he said that we were able to get some golfing in i i, I couldn't wait man and uh Nine o'clock, it rolled around, and I, you know, I hadn't swung a golf club in about a couple of months because of the snow and everything. But um, you know, it almost felt it just felt so good to be out there. Um, it was about sixty degrees, so we didn't even have to wear a sweater. Um, I can't tell you the last time that happened here in February. You know, about to be March. Um, to to go out there and not even see your own breath. So um, I just really enjoyed just being out there and uh, just challenging myself. Um, I think one of the things with bowling that I get to continuously do and that we always say is we try to challenge each ourselves at different bowling alleys. And, uh, you know, with my golf game, you know, I'm constantly over at Raritan Landing. Shout out to Raritan Landing. I love that place. But, um, you know, you don't really get to take out the big dog, as Admiral would say, the, the driver. And, you know, I, I really got challenged um at these courses uh we got to try out three different courses river run obviously that i got on my shirt we got to try out bear trap dunes uh that was actually a really fun course and then we had uh salt pond which was a lot tougher than we thought for a, a traditionally par three course uh, there was a lot of water hazards and water traps and i think that um just the opportunity to not only go to a course in maryland but also to go to a couple in delaware you know, I just thought it was just really good to just get away from somewhere that's normally at home, normally in Jersey, and just get that experience. I mean, you know, how many shots do we have to shoot over water hazards and how many uh, surrounded bunker holes? Uh, I, I got a really good chance to see how greens are and and, and see the angles of putting. Um, a lot of times at Rad and Landing, we're putting on flat surfaces. And, you know, I got to see some, some greens with some hills and uh, long greens, so... Um, even, even some of the par fours, you're talking about, uh, you know, 300, 320 yard par fours. So it's like, you know, it really tested the mid game. And, um, you know, I, that's something that I, I, like I said, you know, as I've been getting older, you know, I really enjoy challenging myself and just seeing what is it that I'm capable of doing. And, uh, you know, just to be there with my, with my friend Admiral and, and to try out these different courses you know, I, I definitely struggled. You know, I, it didn't, it wasn't easy. But um, one of the bright spots for the, um, you know, for the afternoon and for the, the golf trip was, uh, I think it was on the back nine of our second round. So we were at Salt Pond. You know, I, I was just on fire. Um, I, I was having, hitting some really good shots. And I did miss a birdie putt. And uh, my, my boy Admiral was saying, he's like, yo, man, you know, through four holes, you, you're even with me. And, you know, Admiral, somebody, he'll, he'll, he'll kill you, you know, right in the first couple holes by him sticking it right on the green. But, um, 
you know, I proved to myself, you know, I came out there with that nothing to lose mentality again where, you know, I'm ass. You know, what, what is Chris uh, Strike Tyson? I'm ass. You know, I'm not the greatest golfer, but, you know, I have nothing to lose. And, and I proved out there that, uh, you know, I, there's some potential to me. I mean, we had a, a situation where we wound up joining up with two guys uh, on the third on the third round at Bear Trap Dunes. And these guys, you could tell, were swinging the golf ball for, for a while. You know, when you see someone hitting the ball straight every time, going exactly where they want to go, that's how you know there's some experienced guys. And, you know, again, I was keeping up with them. And on one of the holes, I think it was like the third or fourth hole, you know, I wound up uh, hitting a, a birdie, getting a birdie off a five iron tee shot. And it was so good, I had to take a picture of it because I almost couldn't believe it myself. But uh, like I said, you know, when you come in there, you know, ex, you know, ex, expecting to to do great things and, and and having that nothing to lose mentality. You know, I, I promise you, you know, anything is is available and accessible to attain, man. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, through playing with those guys, uh, with playing with Admiral, being able to keep up with him and, you know, just appreciating our friendship and, and just you know, having someone that wants to spend, you know, two, three days with you and, and wants to experience new places with you. Um, you know, that's something and that's a friend that you got to value and uh, got to hold on to. So, you know, like I said, I was just so appreciative to Admiral for even putting the opportunity forward for me, uh, for setting up some amazing tea times for us. And, uh, you know, if you have someone out there that's uh, a good friend for you and, and somebody that, has your better interests at heart and wants to, you know, do things with you and explore new things, you know, definitely uh, hit them up and tell them how much you appreciate them because, you know, I wouldn't have been in Delaware. And, and one of the crazy things that I was telling my friend also that, that kind of bugged me out is just, you know, just how, um, how quiet it was down there. I mean, you'd be outside and you, you couldn't hear nothing, you know. Um, I Obviously here in Jersey and in, in, in central Jersey, close to New York, uh, you know, we're used to hearing the sounds and all the different noises in the outside. But, you know, it's something about getting away and hearing that uh, that quiet, you know, that that silence. It, it, it's it's not only uh, refreshing, but it's also therapeutic, man. So I challenge everyone else out there too to try and get away, try and get somewhere that's not home, man. But uh, I think that uh, one of the big things, again, that, you know, continues to push us forward and push us in the direction that we do is the fact that I'm such a huge sports guy, man. I'm a huge sports buff. We all know that. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, continues to gain traction or one of the things that, you know, people are continuously talking about are these Brooklyn Nets. It's kind of hard not to, to turn on the tube or, you know, hear any type of NBA talk without hearing about these Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, we can give all the numbers that we want about, you know, how they've beaten all the top teams, you know, how they're one of the best offensive team in the league, if not the best. Um, you know, they have potential out the wazoo. I mean, that, that team is built to win championships. But, you know, when you have a team that has such dynamic characters and such um, personalities in it, it's kind of easy to lose sight is to who's, you know, the most valuable or who's the most important to the deal. So, 
You know, I think that the great question that, that that hasn't really been asked, or maybe it has, but I think that, you know, it's still up in the air is, you know, who is the most important Brooklyn Nets out of that book, out of that big three? And when you look at it, I see Kyrie Irving as somebody that, you know, we, we knew what we were kind of getting with him. We know that his head is uh, sometimes in, in other priorities, you know, outside of basketball. But when it comes to just straight basketball, it's no question the boy Kyrie Irving can play. And when you look at his skill base, we know what he can do. We know he can score the rock. We know that he's a facilitator. But, you know, above all, he is a scorer. And I think that we already know night in and night out when Kyrie Irving is locked in, you know, he's going to give you 20 or 30 on your head, right? Defensively, we saw that they struggled a little bit with Kyrie Irving. We saw his defense struggle. But, um, you know, over these last couple games, as he's become more and more interested on both ends of the floor, you know, he's become that defender that Brooklyn needs. Now, when you look at Kevin Durant, somebody who's potentially going to be out till All-Star break, we know the type of caliber that player he is. Um, he's been an MVP uh, on the uh, you know finals team for the Warriors. We've seen that he's a guy that's one of the all-time great shooters and all-time great scorers in the league. Uh, you know his, his his facilitation skills have also been highlighted uh, not only just at the Thunder and not only just at the Warriors. You know he's shown in spurts that he can make his players better on Brooklyn. And you know when I look at Kevin Durant. You know, coming into this, we know that he was going to be on immense load management. We haven't seen the guy play too much this season, but when the chips are on the table and when that big game comes, I think that Kevin Durant, or excuse me, I know that Kevin Durant is going to show up and I know what he is capable of. Even, you know, leading up to when he got hurt that last time with that Achilles, he was dropping buckets i mean he was dropping buckets in the finals before he got hurt so again you know kevin durant is 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 definitely the glue to this team uh he they're gonna go as far as you know he's gonna be able to take them but i think that the most important part of this team and the most important cog to this big three is james harden and i'll say this to say that you know with kyrie irving uh and kevin durant you know, both of them together are definitely a, a, a dynamic duo. But what we saw is, you know, Kevin Durant, again, is going to be un under immense load management. So we don't know how many games that we're going to get from a Kevin Durant. But you know when the lights shine their brightest, he'll be ready to play. But you still need to get to that last game. And I think what James Harden has shown is he was overweight in Houston and was still dropping uh, triple-double 40-point games. He comes over to the Brooklyn Nets, and he's, what, tied for, what, second for uh, most triple-doubles in, in, in team history? You know, that just should tell you in just a short, uh, a short span of time, you know, James Harden has truly vaulted this team into the category of championship contenders. I think that everybody knew the Nets could potentially do it and had the possibility with a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving. But I think that when James Harden signed to get to that trade to say, hey, put me to Brooklyn, I think that kind of signed the, uh, signed the dotted lines for a lot of people in believing in this Brooklyn Nets team. And when you look at what uh, James Harden has been able to do, 
He's had to do the the most sacrificing. Where you look at Houston, where he's shooting, you know, 20 to 30 shots a game. Uh, he's still shooting at probably a, a high volume, but when you look at the high volume, you're looking at much higher quality shots. You're looking at him facilitating the rock and trying really hard on defense. You know, that's been James Harden's knock for so many uh, years, and he's become an underrated defender just because of what he does on the offensive end of the floor. But when you look at this Brooklyn Nets team, you look at somebody in Kyrie Irving where we know what we're going to get from him. We know when he's locked in, he's going to be ready. We know when Kevin Durant is healthy, when the lights shine their brightest, this boy is going to come out and ball. He loves to play basketball, and that's what Kevin Durant do at a high level. But when you talk about getting to that place and being the most valuable player and that player that is going to get the Nets to that big dance, James Harden is the most important part of that Brooklyn Nets team, and he's somebody that has made the belief in Brooklyn that without Kevin Durant, they can play at a high level. And that is what James Harden did for the Brooklyn Nets. And, and when you instill that type of belief, I tell you what, it makes you completely dangerous. And again, we keep bringing up this, you know, uh, this mentality of, you know, having nothing to lose. And you look at the New York Knicks who are on the other side of New York and they are playing like a team that has nothing to lose. I think coming into the season, everybody thought this was just going to be the same old Knicks team that wasn't going to be playing competitive basketball. But now this Knicks team sits at one game under 500 and still are looking in the, the hunt to potentially trading to get into the playoffs. And, you know, regardless of what the, the, the Knicks choose to do in this offseason or in during the season to try get, to get somebody before the deadline, what we've seen is, is that Tom Thibodeau has instilled belief and instilled effort. Somebody, uh, Jeff says effort is the first step on their, for their defense. And when you look at the Knicks, you know, the effort has never lacked in one game this season. They might not have shot well, but one of the things that we've seen from the Knicks is they're going to play hard and they're going to play tough. Uh, the, the the mentality of basketball is is is, a, is appeasing to watch, and, and that's what has instilled the belief back in this New York Knicks fan base. But you know, one of the things that you know I look to see from this Knicks team, you know, it, you know, can we truly make the playoffs? And I think it is all you know, it all revolves around what the Knicks can consistently do when Mitchell Robinson gets back to being healthy. But not only that, but they have to find a way to when when the, the the offense is not looking its greatest, when those types of players are not making their shots, I have seen this season that the Knicks have not picked up one of those games where they're not shooting their best. And I think that if the Knicks are going to make the playoffs and if they're going to go far or any type of run in the playoffs, they have to find a way to win the games that you aren't playing your best at. What we've seen from the Knicks this season is in games like last night where they score 140 points, they look great. But when you look at the great teams and the teams that are able to do well into the playoffs and go far into the playoffs, you see teams that win games that they're not supposed to. They win games that when you're playing bad, they're able to go out and get a win. And this season, the Knicks haven't just shown me that yet. They've shown me great effort. But in those games where they have not played their best and when they haven't scored the ball efficiently at a high clip, we've seen them lose those games. And, you know, that's not for a lack of effort. And that's where I feel like this Knicks team needs to go moving forward is, you know, in those grinded out games, you got to dig deep within yourself. 
Julius Randle cannot turn the ball over under a minute in a game that is costly. You can't have somebody like a Mitchell Robinson who gets into foul trouble so that he can't be on the floor. We've seen he's made strides in that in, in that he hasn't fouled out of the game this season. But when it comes to crunch time and those games that count, when you have to get two wins on the road out of three or four left in the season to get that eighth or seventh seed, I want to see what those role players are going to be able to do. Can Derrick Rose still be an effective guard off the bench for the Knicks? Can Emmanuel quickly keep himself under check sometimes? Because, you know, he's shown great great spots, but then he's also had some some uh, spots have been some, some tough times as well too. But, uh, you know, this Knicks team, above all, has potential. And that's the one thing that the Knicks have lacked in recent years is that we haven't had something to hang our hat on and say, hey, this team has the potential to go to the playoffs. And I think that, you know, given those Knicks, if they can find out a win, a way to win those tough games that they're not supposed to, if they can stay healthy, because we've seen that, you know, injuries have been a big part of this uh, this new season on a shortened turnaround. So, you know, if the Knicks can stay healthy, continue to play defense and find a way to steal some games that they're not supposed to, you can put us in the, in the playoff picture. I, I, I don't see where that's a possible where that's not possible. But um, for those people that also don't know, you know, there's going to be a hat club drop tomorrow. I don't know, uh, you know, some of my hat club people out there are going to be uh, or our fitted people are going to be on that one. But uh, I was actually able to scoop up a really dope fitted that I'm really excited to show off here. But um, this one came from hat club the other day. and This is from the Blackberry collection. Uh, we got the blue Mets logo here with the Shea Stadium patch here on the side with the blue undervisor. I'm super hyped to, to, to have that one. This is a royal blue undervisor. And uh, I think the drop that's going to be happening tomorrow is going to be with something similar, uh, different side patch for the Mets. It's going to be 25th anniversary. Uh, I think the similar layout with the blue, but with just a little bit of a lighter blue undervisor. Um, should be a good drop. You know, I think that Peter did bring up a, a, a good point the other day of just saying that, you know, we, we want to start to see some different things. You know, we just had the BlackBerry collection came out and now you have a, a drop that's going to be very similar with just a, a difference of a patch and, a, and a, a lighter colored under visor. So, you know, if I'm looking at Hat Club, like Peter said, you know, let's see a little bit more creativity. All right. Let's not just slap some things together and call them a drop. Right. I want to see some creativity. I mean, when you look at some of the great drops from last year, which were, you know, arguably that Louis V collection or um, another good one was that cotton candy. You know, it looked like they really thought out some some good drops there. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to see a little bit more uh, diversity and creativity there. Uh, so maybe some different patches that we haven't seen before, too. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to put some some onus on Hat Club there. Come on, let, let's get some new heat out there. But, um, you know, in closing, you know, I definitely got to say that uh, it, it's it's been, like I said, a big road uh, to be here at 94 episodes. Um, I'm super excited to to have another beer review here with you today. And I, I normally in, in uh, episodes past, what I like to do is I like to, uh, you know, review some Jersey beers. But I've had some people that really enjoy uh, some of the beer reviews that I have, but don't have the access necessarily to those beers. So I wanted to open up the door a little bit and get a beer that, you know, everybody might have the same opportunity to try. So with this week tonight, we have a Samuel Adams 
beer. So, you know, Samuel Adams is a pretty uh, domestic beer. You can find it in most of your beer stores. But I saw that they had a new type of Samuel Adams here. And this one is called Wicked, Wicked Easy. And it's a light and hazy lager. So when we, when we talk about lagers, a lot of the times lagers have that darker yingling type of color. Here we have a uh, 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 Samuel Adams beer that's supposed to be a lager. And it has a lighter color. It has like the color of an ale. So right off the rip, we kind of see things flipped upside down here. And, you know, I think that you know, I'm really excited to see what this beer tastes like. 4.7% uh, alcohol, not as much as uh, some of the other ones. But what the bottle says is an easy drinking beer. All right. So I think for me, especially with some IPAs or some of those different beers uh, that are out there, sometimes they aren't the easiest beers to drink. Right. So, you know, I think that, you know, with this one saying that it's an easy drink, uh, easy beer to drink. You know, I'm excited to test this out and see uh, just how much of it I'll drink. So here we go, guys. Cheers up out there. If you get a chance, check out the Samuel Adams. I'll give you my review in a second. That was easy. Yeah, I mean, for a beer that's uh, a domestic, I know a lot of times, I'm always saying that, yo, you got to try and get different beer out there. Get something that's uh, a little bit more prestigious of the beer caliber. But, um, you know, this Samuel Adams, for, for being a domestic beer, I'm really uh, really surprised at just how tasty it is, man. Um, uh, it's another beer that I'm going to have to give. I, I'd say I'd give it a 7 out of 10 here. I wouldn't say it's 8 or 9 category because it's not like anything super extravagant. But it's, it's, it's good enough, you know, it's good enough. It'll pass the test. So, you know, for me, I'll give it a seven. And if you have a chance out there, get this Wicked Easy uh, Lager. It's going to be a beer that you can – I, I could drink three or four of those. I could definitely, you know, drink – I'll probably drink the whole case, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, this it's, it's, it's is a good beer. You know, I, I would definitely suggest it to anybody out there trying to find a new beer to try out. So, again, Samuel Adams Wicked Easy. And that is the end of the show here today, guys. Um, again, thank you to everybody that supported um, here on the, the 94th episode of the Talk That Talk show. Um, again, everybody that is supported here on the OG 6.2 release. Uh, we sold out on the gray hoodies. Again, thank you so much to everybody that supported there. And I will. And for the eight people that are here on our Facebook Live and for the two people here live on our Instagram live, whether you're Shawnee Mack, Mark, Peter Dunn, uh, Chris Shank Jr., I'm going to make a big announcement here, guys, next week. All right? I heard a lot of people saying, oh, we didn't get a chance to know when the drops are. Oh, man, you got you to gotta have an email list. Oh, you got to do these things so that people know when to get the drops. Listen, when you have a good product, People are going to want to get this product and they're going to, you know, they're going to have to find ways to get it, man. And I want to make it, you know, for those people that are truly tuned in and for those people that really listen to this show, I'm going to give you the first heads up next week for the two year anniversary. We are going to put the OG twos into hoodies. All right. You heard it first here right now. The OG twos are going to be put into hoodie form. All right. So anybody that missed out. On these OG2 hoodies, all right? OG 6.2s, I should say. 
The OG two hoodies will be in production and will be available next week. So if you didn't get a chance, you better try and fight, reach out to me and see if you can get your chance on one of these because I promise you, they're not going to be around for long. We're going to be raffling off some of them as well, too. But, um, guys, for those people that did not get a chance at the these hoodies, I'm telling you now, I'm not putting any posts out there that's going to be a shock drop. So I'm telling you, if you are tuned in now, next week the OG2 hoodies will drop. All right, so please do not sleep on this drop because this last drop sold out in a day. All right, so once again, big shout out to all my sponsors out there. VW Liquors, located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. We always do that for Dave at the end of the show. Want to give a big shout out to Air We Are, helping people with their heating and cooling needs in the South Side and Tri-State area. Hit them up over there. Big shout out to 13 and a Half Clothing Company. Uh, my boy is doing big things over there, Angelo Crognali. Big shout out to him. Excuse me. Want to give a big shout out to Savion over at Skydive Socks. He's killing the game too, and I'm telling you what, he's gonna. I'm gonna try and get him out there for that hundredth episode, and maybe he's gonna bring some of his Skydive equipment out there, Skydive Socks too. So, you know, big shout out to him. Hopefully, we can get him out there for the hundredth episode. Want to also give a big shout out to Joe Snow and Maria over at New York Life, helping people to get their financial freedom daily, each and every day. They're helping people to, to see what their, their finances are, see what their income is looking like, and put them on a path to success and sustainability. All right, so please hit up Joe Snow and Maria over there at New York Life. And then finally, big shout-out to my boy Timmy Hugel, who is the mastermind behind all of this mass production that I've been able to do. Um, like I said, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him uh, helping me to put these hoodies into production, these OG2s that are going to be put in a hoodie form. Big shout-out to him. He's going to be a big part of why we're going to be able to release those next week, all right? So please, please stay tuned. Stay into the hip, you know, see what's up, because these Talk That Talk Show hoodies are going to be out quick next week, and I promise you they will sell out just as fast as they did with these grays, all right? So once again, everybody, big shout out to everybody that's tuned in, whether you're Wilson, Cody, right, Millieing C, uh, whether you're Naya Santiago, John Wydell, Alvin Baptiste, Leroy Davila, Gabe Azzarello, uh, Antoine Jefferson. I love every single one of you out there. Uh, shout out to my boy Stonehead on our Instagram live stream. Um, I got the best fans in the world. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you all out there. Stay tuned in next week. I'm going to try and have something really big and really good planned for you guys for this second year anniversary. Maybe we'll even raffle off one of those OG2 hoodies. We haven't had a raffle in a while, so make sure you're tuned in next week. Episode 95 will be a big one. This is the Talk That Talk show every single Friday night at 8.30. You know what's going on, and you know the vibes, guys. I, I, I can't do, I can't do, uh, I can't do this without your support. So once again, thank you to everybody that continues to tune in. I love you all, and you guys are all the reason why when people wear that talk, that talk on their shirt, that shit means something. So thank you again for your support. I love you all, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>